0: So initially, I was just going to do an entry regarding the 2021 film Snake Eyes, and I was going to kind of talk about that because, again, the movie that's been on my list, I said in the last few entries, that um, I haven't spoken about, but I watched it, and I wanted to give my opinion, and it's just kind of sitting there as a way of me trying to keep track of things I watched recently, and trying to keep up in current, uh, and I hadn't got a chance to it, but I thought about it a little bit more, and I thought, you know what, instead... Of just the Snake Eyes movie. Instead of just doing the entry for that film. We're just going to talk about where the G.I. Joe franchise is as a whole right now. Because this is the third film that was sort of meant to be a, um, a reboot to the series. To kind of start it over. Because regardless of how successful money-wise those first two films were. Being um, the, 20, uh, the 2009 film. Rise of the Cobra and the 2012 film Retaliation, despite those two films, they no matter how good they did in in the box office, they're still tremendously ridiculed for being dog shit movies. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't have this like hidden love for it. I don't have this sort of uh appreciation i guess for it because you know when you're talking about a movie that's 13 years old right now you go back it's still going to be bad but this was bad at the time it came out so you're talking about two sort of different levels of bad so bad that i'm pretty certain all three of them including 2021 snake eyes is all they're all considered b-level rated movies You're talking blockbuster movies that they put millions of dollars in, that went into theaters, made millions of dollars, has made the B-movie rated list. You're talking about G.I. Joe. Like, this is such an American, like, staple of, like, what is part of our culture. Like, G.I. Joe has been around since the 50s, I want to say. Or the, or the, or the 60s, at least. It's been around for years. It was the kids' friendly way of understanding the military, I guess. But, like, just the action and just all the characters and all the toys. I had so many G.I. Joe toys when I was a kid. I loved them. I played with my G.I. Joe toys more than anything in the world. So not only does this appeal to this generation of kids getting exposed to G.I. Joe... It appealed to all of us, all of the people who grew up with the original G.I. Joes. Original little six-inch figures. They were kept together with their legs and their torso with a fucking mini rubber band. Who remembers that? I do. So I was really excited about these films, and they still hold a small place in my heart, probably because I love them like I would love many other B-rated movies that are kind of just a guilty pleasure. But to be honest, these are all dog shit movies. They are not good representations of anything except for just throwing names around giving you character arcs and just dressing everybody in black and then here comes the sequel with the rock trying to save it and he doesn't i'm sorry the rock can't save everything and truthfully this is kind of the era where it sort of started where they were just like we got an action film put the rock in it let's see if it'll be bigger than it's supposed to be and yeah it did good at the box office but truthfully retaliation actually is rated even worse than the original and it's also really messed up that they still promoted like if you looked up the the um the poster the, the cover art of the the dvd or posters for gi joe retaliation you'll see the first thing there is dwayne johnson he plays a character Roadblock. roadblock is not that big of a deal in gi joe lore anywhere he's just a character then you got Bruce Willis right underneath him, and right off to the side is Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum is there because in the first film, he plays the main leader of the G.I. Joe, the main general sort of Duke. Duke is not part of the G.I. Joe as they're sort of created in Rise of Cobra. He's joining as a recruit, and and in Rise of Cobra, they're actually being run by General Hawk, who's played by, what's this guy's name? Um, Dennis Quaid, which I get it. Yes, Hawk is also part of the G.I. Joe, but Duke is a major character that you dumb down to a recruit, to a guy that wasn't even thinking G.I. Joe was a real thing, and he has to come in there with uh, Marlon Wayans, who's, who plays another not, nothing character, Ripcord. You know, Ripcord is not that major of a character, and he's putting him on the same level as Duke. That's ridiculous. So not only is that ridiculous, but at the beginning of G.I. Joe retaliation, oh my God, they kill Duke. There's this whole thing where they get attacked by Cobra, and basically an entire G.I. Joe base is demolished, leaving Dwayne, uh, The Rock Johnson, and Roadblock as one of the few survivors or one of the few left that aren't really at that base who can save the day now how are you gonna kill off duke from a gi joe movie you scumbags that doesn't make any sense and that's just the start of how this movie just goes deep and deep down the hills to really really hammer home that they don't give a shit about anything that people love about G.I. Joe, they're just looking to make an action film and get attention to it with the name G.I. Joe and The Rock. And you're talking 2009 and 2012, so a three to four year difference between the films, and then you get nothing for seven more years that they do Snake Eyes. And they do Snake Eyes in an attempt to reboot the series with the Snake Eyes story, which again, sort of makes a little bit of sense because if you're going to want to reboot it, maybe start with the origins of a very beloved character everybody loves snake eyes the ninja who doesn't say anything perfect perfect i think that's a tremendous idea and i went into it with a lot of high hopes they even called it snake eyes gi joe origins because he's introduced to the gi joe while they're trying to like do the same thing that he's doing within the film So Snake Eyes is like part of like this sort of Yakuza clan, and the G.I. Joe are reviewing the Yakuza clan, and they're kind of saying that these are the bad guys, and then Snake Eyes discovers that they're the bad guys, so he betrays them, and then eventually gets recruited by the G.I. Joe. But throughout the whole film, there's one thing I'm waiting for, and the one thing I'm waiting for is somewhere at the end where they have the accident that makes Snake Eyes lose his voice. Never happens. It never happens. They just end it with him in the suit, riding off on a motorcycle, and he still can talk. I don't mean to sound like a nitpicker, but the whole premise of what makes Snake Eyes so cool is that he's the silent ninja. And you had this guy, which, by the way, the guy who plays uh, Snake Eyes, I forget what his name is off the top of my head, but the guy who plays Snake Eyes, tremendous job. Is a very very good martial artist. You know he's no Ray Parker. Who for those who know, Ray Parker played Snake Eyes in the first two films. He's no Ray Parker, but he's a good martial artist and good for the, the role of Snake Eyes. So, eventually, you know the whole story leads into this thing. You know blah, blah blah blah. The the clan is uh, de- destroyed, is defeated. GI Joe win. Snake Eyes joins GI Joe, and then he just rides off into the sunset. But that's really not 100% of the Snake Eyes storyline. And if you want to talk about origins, you should do the origin of what made him the character that everybody knows. There is no version of this story anywhere. So this is something that they kind of created on the spot. The only thing that exists in G.I. Joe lore, I guess you could say, is the fact that Snake Eyes has an accident while the G.I. Joe are on a mission... And, like, there's a helicopter crash, I believe. And because of that accident, he loses his voice box. That's why he can't talk anymore. He's still talking in the movie. He talks the whole movie, by the way. And there's nothing that they... Even if you recreated that lore and made it where maybe Storm Shadow slices his throat in such a way that they can't surgically make him talk anymore. It should have ended with silent snake eyes... And then maybe you would have grabbed a couple more people and said, okay, now we're going to see the real, like, this is how Snake Eyes kind of gets started. Because Snake Eyes doesn't just not talk because he's the silent brooding type. There's an actual dark story behind that. And if we're talking about making these more mature and more for, like, the people of my era, we know this. We can look this up. This is stuff you can look up. And this movie, I'm not going to say it's because of this ending. That's just me being nitpicky. But this movie is rated at the bottom of the barrel of all three movies. We're talking, this did nowhere near its budget. Its budget was like a hundred million. It made less than like half of that. So this movie was a tremendous failure. And it's just another example that nobody is willing to kind of put in the effort to make something that sticks with its material enough so that everybody will enjoy it. Who it's meant to be targeted towards how are you going to target towards the adult population who love gi joe and you're doing nothing to draw us into it you know what a great fucking gi joe movie is the 1980s movie that went on vhs around the same time that they had the transformers cartoon movie I'm talking about the cartoon from the 80s that is way better of a movie for the gi joe than anything else they'll do and if you want to do the right thing you take that movie you translate it into live action and you give the people a story that is part of what their childhood was because none of this makes any sense and you're just creating action movies slapping on stuff that is like a trigger word it's a nostalgia term and you're hoping that it brings in the bucks and it brings in the ratings well I don't know if you haven't learned yet, I feel like they've learned that with the Transformers series because they did a reboot with Bumblebee, and that was tremendous. Bumblebee was tremendous. I don't know if I've done an entry on Bumblebee, but I should. That was such a tremendous film to reboot this series that I cannot wait for whatever is coming next, especially with um, the Beast Wars, Transformers, uh, Beast something, I forget what the actual name is off the top of my head now. But the Beast Wars style Transformers movie, I'm looking forward to that more than any Transformers film after Dark Side of the Moon. Being honest, and I don't think they're ever going to do another G.I. Joe film again. If they do, they're going to shit the bed again because that's all they do. They're just trying to see if they can do something with these licenses they have. And they're just letting dog shit people write the scripts that aren't worth it like you want somebody to write the script let somebody who has a role in that universe write the script wonder what a good example of that is i started watching uh, the last of us what a fantastic adaptation that is turning into and when that ends i'm probably going to do a entry for that as well but what a fantastic adaptation that is and a prime example of what you get when you stick with the source material and what people are expecting there's, must, there's like this stigma where they feel that, you know, because people have already seen it, they don't want to see it again. Fuck that. I want to see it again. I want to see it again. I want to see it in a different light. I want to see it not in the light of how I originally saw it. We're not say you think people don't care about seeing the, I will watch a Batman versus the Joker movie nine out of nine times. Every time you do an adaptation of the Joker, I don't care who is playing it. If he's in a movie with Batman, I will watch it. I will watch it. People are going to watch the things that they get attracted to, not by trigger words, but by what it derives from. And when you go off the rails, you're going to ruin it, and no one's going to appreciate it.